0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome into MLB.com Extras, the Toronto Blue Jays edition. Tim McMaster here along with Gregor Chisholm, our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter. And he, we are here in Nashville, Tennessee for the winter meetings, a little special edition of MLB.com Extras. And I guess the first thing we should discuss is, you know, there's a new regime in Toronto that's slowly built here, first with Shapiro. Lacava was running things for a while as well, but now Ross Atkins is into play as well. Talk about how that whole thing, that dynamic, is going to work going forward.
1: Yeah, it's been an interesting week. There's no question about that. I mean, Ross Ross Atkins just getting introduced on on Friday. He only had about 48 hours of a a turnover before coming here. Not much of a time to adjust to a new job. Normally when you get into a new job, you like to be able to have a little bit of time to settle in. He didn't have that luxury. But the good thing for the Blue Jays is that even though Tony LaCava wasn't the one who ended up getting the GM job, he stuck around as the assistant GM. And he's really been the one who's been kind of leading uh, the charges here in Nashville. Um, He's because he's the one who, for the past month, has been talking to teams, talking to free agents, talking to agents. Um, so he's been really kind of the one in charge. And Atkins is, is, because of that, able to kind of settle in a little bit, lean on Tony, lean on Mark Shapiro as well uh, to kind of get his footing a little bit. And I think he's starting to do that here in Nashville. But it, it's good for him to be able to kind of take it slow and, and get used to the organization that he's just joining.
0: And watching, watching the Ross Atkins press conference, I thought that was one of the most interesting things they took from that was he said straight, Straight out, hey, Tony LaCava has gotten us to this point. The winter meetings are about to start. We're going to stick with that, with his plan and what he has going. And I think. If that's all going to work, that's a perfect way to approach it.
1: Yeah, and it's a unique situation because how, how many times do you have the runner-up for the job end up actually doing a lot of the work in right. the initial stages? It's, it, it can be a little complex. In, in some cases, it could cause some issues, but it does seem like uh, everybody is on the same page for the most part. I think Atkins having a strong relationship with Mark Shapiro uh, certainly helps with that. Uh, and then Tony Lacaba is about as much of a loyal guy as you can possibly get. He deserves a lot of credit. credit. Uh, for not being upset uh, at least publicly about not getting the main GM job and stepping forward and saying you know what I can still uh, you know even though I didn't get that job I can still take the reins in Nashville and and throughout the offseason and really lend any support the way I can.
0: I'm sure there's been plenty of conversations with those guys and, and plenty of other teams but so far here in Nashville it's been quiet the Blue Jays obviously before they got here did a lot brought in a lot of new starting pitching after David Price went away but what is still left to do is there another starting pitcher that needs to be brought in
1: uh, they certainly could use one. Uh, it seems like right now they're they're mo- mostly focused on, on adding depth. So I, I don't think you're going to see any of the big names that are remaining out there join the Jays. Uh, I think they're a little bit concerned about salary. They've, they've already got close to $140 million committed for next year. Uh, that seems to be around their ceiling. They're going to make some minor moves, but I think it's going to be guys who are going to come in, compete for jobs, and then also fill out some of the upper levels uh, in the minor leagues for depth as well because this is a team that traded away a lot of its upper-level prospects over the last 12 months, or so there's a there's a need for more depth there so uh, I don't think they really came into these meetings expecting to get an awful lot done uh, you know you point to some of the moves they made earlier this year uh, they had a lot of question marks in the rotation at the end of the season since then they brought back R. A. Dickey they brought back Marco Estrada uh, they signed Jay Happ and they brought in Jesse Chavez uh, those are the main moves I think they're going to make and uh, outside of that I think the bullpen is the main focus. They're probably going to add at least a couple of arms there, but outside of that, you're probably looking at uh, maybe minor
0: league deals, things like that, guys who are going to come into camp and compete for jobs. As you look ahead to the season and you see Sanchez, it seems like the constant question is, is Sanchez a starter? Is he a reliever? He was obviously great as a setup man a year ago, but... Does what happens from between now and spring training kind of decide where he ends up as far as if they give him another chance in the rotation or if he's set there in the bullpen?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think we probably had this conversation every week, right? Ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and throughout the season as well. Um, you know, it, it is a bit of a unique situation. I think ideally they would keep him in the bullpen, especially with all the focus you see on bullpen these days. Uh, the Jays have a few uh, guys down there, you know, Roberto Osuna, Aaron Sanchez, Brett Cecil, uh, three really strong guys to lean on. But outside of that, Again, there's not a lot of depth, so they need to add there. Uh, I think they find it enticing the upside that Sanchez could bring to the rotation. Uh, but if you're already looking at a team that needs to add a couple of relievers, if you take him out of the mix, suddenly you need to add yet another one. Uh, but that could happen. I think that they're monitoring both because of that. And the one thing about Aaron Sanchez is he got off to a rocky start as a starter last year, but we saw continued pro- progression uh, throughout before he got hurt. Um, you know, the, the number of walks he had was consistently going down. I don't think it went from 6 to 5 and 4 to 3. It was, uh, he showed an awful lot of improvement. So uh, the main question for him is can he stay healthy as a starter? Uh, I, my bet would be he's going to end up in the bullpen, uh, but ultimately that's going to depend on what this team does over the next month or so.
0: How about the infield? Obviously, Devin Travis is going to be out for a while. So is that still something that there's a big focus on? I know they don't want to bring in a starter when yep. you know you're going to have that guy back, but what kind of utility player are they looking at?
1: Yeah, they do need to bring in someone. I mean, you look at Cliff Pennington filled that role uh, for the final uh, month and a half in, in 2015, and, and he's a guy who's gone now. And Really, they, they, that's probably another thing that they can do on a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. They can probably bring in a couple of veterans to, to compete for that. Uh, uh, job uh, because, you know, Devin Travis isn't going to be ready for the start of the year, but they hope to have him back uh, probably in May. At the very latest, they would hope to have him back by June. So uh, Ryan Goins is a capable fill-in, but outside of that, they need to add a couple complementary pieces to get them through the first couple of months until Travis is ready to step in again
0: now edwin encarnacion it's really one of the few things we've heard yeah. out of the blue jays this week was a comment from edwin encarnacion that once the season begins he's not going to negotiating anymore as far as a contract goes uh... was that surprising to the blue jays and is there a a thought that they definitely want to get something done before the season starts
1: i think it was a little bit surprising um, but when you look at how a lot of players typically handle these type of things I mean, that's that's the way a lot of these guys tend to operate. It's different than the way he operated the last time he signed a contract extension, though, because that was something they got done around the All-Star break, brought him back on a multi-year deal. He's not gonna be willing to do that this time, Uh, but it's completely understandable. He wants to be able to focus on 2016. He doesn't wanna have the contract as a bit of a sideshow. I think he is a priority for this organization. You look ahead a year from now, both Edwin Encarnacion and Jose Batista are going to be free agents. Now, the difficult decision for this club is they're probably not going to have room for both of those guys long term uh, in terms of payroll so at some point they're going to have to make a decision as to which guy they're going to focus on uh, by all accounts from when you talk to people within the organization from people around here, agents. It seems like Encarnacion would be the more affordable of the two. I think Jose Batista is someone who, no matter what, will want to test the market. He's never been in that situation before. He's never been a free agent. He re-signed with the Blue Jays before he hit that the last time. This is a guy who's setting himself up for the last contract of his career. I think he's really going to want to maximize the end return on his value. I think Edwin Encarnacion's a guy who would be a little bit more willing to get something done, maybe compromise a little bit of uh, money on the upside on the grand scheme of things to get it done now as opposed to having to wait until he becomes a free agent.
0: Those are I mean when you look at the Blue Jays kind of face of the franchise kind of guys, yeah. it's definitely it seems like a crossroads kind of situation for this franchise as they as they go forward. Uh one other noteworthy news point from the Blue Jays or, or past Blue Jays, David Price came out and said he was actually surprised in all his negotiating that he didn't get an offer at least from the Blue Jays. Is that just the Blue Jays knowing that it's pointless because we know where this is going and at this point we're not going to spend that money? Or did you think they would at least contact him and... and give him a chance to maybe take some some kind of hometown discount.
1: Yeah, it, it certainly caused an uproar in the fan base. You know, you hear that, it didn't even make an offer, and then all of a sudden you have a lot of people up in arms, and, oh, he would have come back. I mean, the bottom line is the Jays knew that they weren't going to come even remotely close. This wasn't a situation where David Price was going to come back or $15 million a year instead of 32 that he got uh, from Boston. Uh, if the Jays would have made a very competitive offer, if they would have been in that range, I'm sure he would have loved to come back. He seemed to really enjoy the city. He seemed to really enjoy the team. Um, but the only way the Jays would have been realistic contenders for that is if they made a serious bid. And it seems like that was something they just weren't willing to do uh, because of where their payroll is already at, where their payroll is headed in the future. It just seemed like those two things were never going to really line up. And if you go all the way back to when the Jays made that trade on July 31st, that was the original expectation. And things went into a frenzy after that. I think that raised expectations of where the Blue Jays organization would be willing to go. Uh, But in the end, it didn't really happen. It goes back to those original July 31st expectations, which was David Price is here uh, for a couple of months, and then he's going to go somewhere else as a free agent.
0: It's a situation where the guy pitched so well, right, that the fans... They just fall in love with him that quickly.
1: Exactly. and I mean, it was, it was a total frenzy in, in yeah. Toronto last year. I mean, the way things really took off from the end of July on, it was really kind of a Cinderella run, something that city hadn't experienced in 92, 93. And, and look, John Gibbons said it best when talking to him yesterday. He said he would expect all fans to be upset. Uh, you know, he wasn't necessarily surprised by it, but that's the natural reaction. When you have uh, a following, people following, falling in love with the team the way they did, they want to see those guys back. Uh, so naturally, there's going to be some disappointment
0: there. Gregor Chisholm, thanks so much. This has been MLB.com Extras, the Blue Jays edition.